Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I thought Lowry had a good year. I thought he was more efficient. You know, he was, he's a 40% three-point shooter. Shooting comes at a premium in our league. And I think Lowry is an essential part of our team, and we hope he's part of what we are building here. So... I'm looking forward to uh, free agency and talking to his representation. Right. That's Arturis Karnaschobas. Lowry so important they dealt him. They dealt him to Cleveland and they got a dunk champion in the deal. Not Larry Nance Jr. They ended up with uh, draft picks and all kinds of things we're going to try to sort through. But that was earlier this year. That was in the post postseason, trying to figure out how, what, whatever he had to answer about Lowry Markinen. And so with Markinen gone, you have, as noted by Casey Johnson, when John Paxson succeeded Jerry Krause in 2003, he flipped the entire roster save for two players. He did it in two seasons. Arturis has now done the same thing in two seasons, only Zach Levine and Kobe White remain from the Garpax roster he inherited, and this is after the Lowry market and trade. So let's talk to Casey Johnson's teammate at NBC Sports Chicago covering the Bulls. He is Rob Schaefer. He joins us on the Scores Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. So... We're probably done, I would guess, waiting for all of the the music to stop, all the chairs are taken, Rob, and given, sort of recap what happened this summer, and I believe the Bulls are better. Do you believe they're better? How much better? What kind of victory total do you have for them? Yeah, Steve, cer- certainly a much better team, like you noted, a completely overhauled team with only two players remaining from the start of the 2019-20 season. Uh, I mean, I think the talent level on this team, when you look at the guys that are going to be heavily featured, Zach Levine, uh, Lonzo Ball, Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, I mean, there alone is more talent than I've seen on a Bulls roster in my time covering the team, um, and certainly since this rebuild uh, has started. So in terms of win totals and playoff expectations, um, I, I certainly see them as a playoff team. I see them kind of in that five to seven range in the Eastern Conference, maybe as high as four if things break, you know, injury things and uh, stuff breaks the wrong way for some of the teams that are projected to be in front of them. 
Um, and I think being in that range of the East probably pegs you as a mid-40s, 45, 44 uh, win team on the higher end. So all of that's great. Um, you know, if they could snap this playoff drought uh, that has now been dragging on for four seasons, that's the third longest active streak in the NBA. Uh, I think obviously correcting that has been a big motivator for this new front office. Um, selling Zach Levine on the long-term direction of the franchise is, you know, having aggressive win-focused leadership. I mean, I think that's a big motivator. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a very offensive-focused team, obviously. Defensively, there are a lot of questions. Uh, but they, sure, they certainly should be poised this year for a bigger jump than we've seen in a long time. The last couple of years, the expectations have been high, but really been relying on young guys to make a jump. Now you have a, a little bit more of a, of a proven nature to the roster with a lot of the vets that they have and some all-star pedigree guys. So it, it's an exciting time. There certainly should be a jump. It's just a matter of how high that jump takes them. We mentioned the roster turnover since the, the new regime has been brought in. And after the trade was made yesterday, our friend Ricky O'Donnell put out a tweet. I'm not sure if you saw it, but about Garpax's first-round draft yeah. picks, post-Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Marquise Teague, gone. Tony Snell, gone. Doug McDermott, that's a miss, gone. BP Bobby Portis is off doing better things elsewhere. Denzel Valentine, gone. Laurie Marketing now gone. Wendell Carter, gone. Chandler Hutchinson, gone. And uh, Kobe White is still here in TBD on what his future is going to be. It, it's just... <laughs> so. It, I mean, yeah. what a what a run, what a run. <laughs> yeah, and it and it shows you. I mean, that's kind of the um, the sour part of this Lowry marketing breakup, which obviously it was time. And I think they did pretty well in the trade to get a guy in Derek Jones Jr. who could maybe be a rotation player for you. I think the bigger part of the deal is the draft compensation, getting even a protected first round pick back for a guy that um, you know it wouldn't have surprised me coming into the offseason if the Bulls had lost him for nothing because I think the price tag that he got. Um, is a little lofty for the role that the Bulls would have had prescribed for him and kind of what the direction of the team is going in. But the sour part of this is, man, like that's the seventh overall pick. That's the centerpiece of the Jimmy Butler trade. That's a guy who, at his heights, and we hadn't seen the heights in two seasons, so you know I don't think you can feel too bad about moving on at this point, but the heights were so tantalizing that it's, it's just another line, and Adam, as you just listed right there, it's another in the line of kind of failed development projects of – last regime and it, even the new regime came in with an emphasis on player development and as it turns out a big part of player development is bringing guys along as much as you can i mean there was a short leash to be sure because by the trade deadline they were ready to move on from a lot of these guys um but clearly a part of player development for them was identifying who is gonna fit with the long-term direction of this franchise and who they just have to cut their losses on and as it turns out uh the guys that they had to cut their losses on was basically the entire previous iteration of the roster but you know it, it just goes to show like when you miss that many bites at the apple it can leave you in a really really dire place and the Bulls hope that they pulled themselves out of that uh, for the time being our guest is Rob Schaefer NBC Sports Chicago we're talking Bulls here on the score Steve Rosenblum and Trash Panda Adam Studzinski with you the probably I of all the the bodies that have been shipped out Lowry Markkinen was to me first of all there was no reason to dislike him. There was also a, a great reason to pity him, really, because he was the one who suffered the most under Jim Boylan. Of all the disaster, of all the things that sp spun out from the disaster that Jim Boylan was, it seemed that Markkinen's development, to me, was 
the most damaging because that seemed to have a higher ceiling. And I don't know if you agree with that, but also why wouldn't Billy Donovan, why wouldn't the new regime be able to figure out a way to get more out of him or did they? And maybe I've just overestimated just the pretty shiny seven foot thing was just not to be, it wasn't going to be Dirk Nowitzki part two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's accountability you could pass out a couple different places for why Lowry doesn't pan out. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, to your point about his development being stunted uh, when Jim Boylan was here was the the book on him in the 2019-20 season, which was his third year, that was supposed to be the big breakout year because he had had um, that month in February before in his second season uh, where he flashed so much offensive potential, not just shooting, but creating off the dribble, creating for others, getting to the foul line. Like there was so much there offensively, or at least there appeared to be. And then in that third season, he was really relegated to being a catch-and-shoot guy. And it seemed like he was really on the fringes of the offense more times than not. You could, you could pin that on Jim. I think the thing I'd point to is that also the highest heights that Lowry saw were under Jim. He was the interim coach at that time, but um, he was, you know, the head coach of the team at that point in February 2019. So as to why Billy and the new front office regime couldn't get more out of him, it's, you know, he was on a shooting stretch, a hot shooting stretch to start this season, and things looked like they had solved themselves. But I think where you can point the finger at Lowry here is the biggest problem for Lowry was never for me, you know, whether he was going to be an offensive threat on the floor. Like, he did have to prove that he could be a more consistent shooter. He proved that, at least in this last season for the Bulls, shooting 40% from three. But the elements of his game, the being able to create off the dribble defensively, never really came around. It was those ancillary components of his game that I think held him back from being the star level guy that he was built to be and that he showed the potential to be. And as much as we could put that on Jim or we could put that on the new regime, I actually think at the beginning of this season, Billy talked a big game and put Lowry in a lot of good positions to succeed, you know, cutting off the ball. There's a, obviously an emphasis on ball movement in the new offense, which I think bore out at the start of the season. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, though, to, to not have the fully rounded out game beyond just being able to shoot the ball, I think you could put that on Lowry, and I think going to Cleveland, I have a lot of questions about how that's all going to fit there um, with having just paid Jared Allen $100 million, having just drafted Evan Mobley third overall. Now you're paying Lowry Markin like an above-average starter over the next four years, which, frankly, he just hasn't shown the capacity to be on a consistent basis in Chicago. Maybe he will be in Cleveland. Um, but if you're him, you just have to hope that you get some kind of opportunity and kind of a, a new lease on life at 24 with still a lot of upside. Um, to, you know, make the strides that he wasn't able to make in the last two seasons in Chicago. Uh, I, I think you're right to put some of it on Jim, but I think at some point he was empowered in Chicago and he was put in positions to be the guy, and it just didn't happen here. Maybe it'll happen elsewhere, but I think a, a good amount of blame or accountability could be put on Lowry for that too. All right. Well, Rob, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for breaking down where the Bulls are, and um, we'll keep in touch this year. I'm sure we'll call you again. Thanks. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. That's Rob Schaefer, NBC Sports Chicago, Talking Bulls. Steve Rosenblum and Trash Panda, Adam Stazinski's in. And uh, we had he's in for Mark Grody. Mark Grody was here. He was in last hour. And he'll be here, not on this show, but he'll be here on this radio station doing Bears post-game. After they're done, he'll take all your calls on why Justin Fields isn't starting. But in the course of the Mark Grody interview, there was, lo and behold, 
there was the Ed Vedder, various Ed Vedder stories told of Mark Grody's um, <clears throat> becoming buds with him. So that Saturday suckage lore was handed down. And now I find out that there's there's a celeb. How, how would we brush with greatness? How would we how would we describe this, Trash Panda? How oh, yeah. would you describe whatever story you want to tell? So I, like our own Mark Grody, have... A band that I, I, it's, this isn't my favorite band, but I really like the band and I especially have been obsessed with their lead singer for a long time. The band is Paramore. The lead singer is Haley Williams. Okay. Well, let's and, not go yes. any farther than that. Okay. Once, you say, once you say Paramore, you've piqued our curiosity. You've created a tease on many levels. So we're going to take a break and then we'll come back with you explaining all about your Paramore experience see what i did there you see how titillating that whole thing is now oh they call that a tease that's, folks it's professional radio that's why we suck i'm steve rosenblum he's crash panda thanks for tolerating saturday suckage but we suck so you don't have to it's a public service that we're happy to provide chicago sports radio 670 the score worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Trash Panda. Rosie, you can't hear me, can you? Well, welcome back. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score. Uh, Steve Rosenblum has wandered off. I'm Adam Staczynski. Normally the producer co-hosting, kind of, sort of, in a way, with Rosie. This week, I don't know if he's back. Rosie, you back with me? Yep, yep, there yep. It is. Finally, I don't there know. It is. You know, technology. All right, there we go. Well, hey, yeah, hey we, so. we did it. We did yeah. it. We're back. We did it. We got back on. Okay. Welcome back. <laughs> Maybe. This is 670. This is Saturday Suckage, if you guys haven't figured that out. Well, they always knew that. So anyways, you talking about your paramour and your uh, Ed Vedder-like brush with your musical hero, heroine, however this is going to go. So in, in the wake of Grody's telling his Ed Vedder story, you tell yours. Okay, so this was in 2017. I was, this is when I was working back at the, the old Big 89 at WLS, and... I, as I mentioned in the last segment, I have been a fan of Paramore for a long time, especially a fan of their lead singer, Haley Williams. And I got the opportunity at work. They have uh, over there in the NBC Tower, they have a similar kind of performance stage like we have here at Odyssey down the hall. And they had Paramore in there. So I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to dip my head in here and, and check out what they what you know, them interacting with the fans and playing some songs and whatnot. It was cool. And then afterwards, they are taking pictures with the fans that we had up there. And, and they also say that they're going to take a picture with the staff that was there. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to hop in on this. And that, so that was cool. I got to take a picture with the band. And then afterwards, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm getting ready to walk out the door, I should say. And I'm, I have this thought. I'm like, man, Haley's right there. Like, I have to say something. Like, I Haley, because you guys are on a first name yeah, basis. Well, of course. Haley. Yeah, of yeah. course, you know. So I like, I have to say something I have to, like, I can't just walk right by her and, and say nothing. Like she's right there. So I, I stop and I talk to at, th- at this point, they had just released a few months prior. They're still, it's still their latest album. They haven't done another album yet since. So I was like, Hey, Hey Haley, like, I just want to tell you, like, I really like the new album. I actually listened to it while I was running this morning. And because I was training for the Chicago Marathon at the time, I ran 20 miles that morning. That was one of the things that I listened to. And I was like, yeah, I listened to the album on the lakefront this morning. And then to my complete shock and wonder, she responded to me. And because I just I was just so focused on not stuttering over myself. I was unbelievably starstruck. Like I. I like to think that, especially even at that point, I'd gotten to the point where I'd met a decent enough famous people and working in radio long enough, you kind of just talk to people that are more well-known than you. You get used to talking to them Mm -hmm. and not being an idiot and not being starstruck, but I completely lost all that ability. (laughs) Like, I was just completely starstruck. I mean, kind of like what Grody was saying. Like, you just started, it was like, uh, like, and so she responds to me and she just says, like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Like, oh man, I need to be running and 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 I blacked out. Like I really don't remember the next like five to ten seconds of my life. The next thing I know, I'm just in another studio. And it, it, was, it was like I can't believe she responded to me. Like she actually listened to what I said and responded in in turn. Like it was an, an actual like small conversation. It was mind blowing. 
So yeah, that was. So you my... feel like Grody always imitates Chris Farley and like you know that Saturday Night Live where remember when he talks to Michael Jordan? Remember that time you guys you hit that shot? You guys won that game. Yeah. <laughs> that was great, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So yeah, you were that. You were Chris Farley. Yeah, it was basically like that. Like the, at first, I play, I was playing it cool. I, I got out what I wanted to say, and then after she responded to me, I didn't know what to say. I, I don't even actually know what I said, which is funny because I I remember vividly everything about that you know thirty seconds except for what I said to her after she spoke to me. I I don't know. I remember vaguely leaving the room and walking into the next studio, but. It was, but that I, was I it. Really, that was it. That was it. it. Okay, I I have done that. Hey, you're so and so thing. I did that. I did that once. It was at the Bulls. One of the home games against Utah, and I should know the year because it was the year that Gene Siskel, Tribune film critic, and certainly a major Bulls fan, and you could see him on the, so in the front row, and. Gene is, Gene had had brain surgery, he had a tumor removed. And I was standing there talking with Terry Armour during halftime in the big room they opened up for the media, workroom and whatever. So Gene walks up in a baseball cap and goes, oh my God. He goes, they weren't going to win without me. They were not going to win any championship without me. It was an elimination night. And he said, wow, well, that's great. He goes, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So halftime's about to be over. It's time to get back to your seats. And Gene was getting escorted back to his seat by this gentleman who just walked up. And I looked at him and I said, hey, you're Jack Nicholson. And he just grunted at me and took Gene's arm and they walked off to Gene's seats. I did do that. Hey, you're Jack Nicholson. Because he might not have known. Because he might have no idea who he was, but I reaffirmed that. That's so that's I've done that. That's... I've done that. <laughs> By the hey, way, speak you're, yeah. you're Jack Nicholson. Yeah. That's, you're Jack Nicholson, in case you didn't awesome. know. That's like it. I, have you you ever seen the movie Zombieland, Rosie? No, I have not. Oh, so, well, there's a moment in there, and uh, towards, I don't know, like halfway, three-quarters way through the movie, they meet Bill Murray, and one of the characters, uh, Woody Harrelson, actually, has been, uh, uh, they they went specifically to Bill Murray's mansion, because the world was overrun with zombies, and they didn't think anyone would be there, and then it turns out that Bill Murray is there, spoiler alert, and, and <laughs> Woody Harrelson just goes, Bill! Exploded, deleted Murray. It was, it's awesome. So it's just yes. similar to that. It's like, oh my God, you're Bill Murray. Yeah, that's it. That's, there you go. So it, it's, and speaking of music, there was the passing of Charlie Watts this week, the legendary drummer of the Rolling Stones. And stories began to surface. Richard Lewis was saying that he happened to be at a dinner party and Charlie Watts is there sitting next to some musical friends. And Charlie Watts kindly moved himself next to Richard Lewis and wanted to talk about Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's what Charlie Watts was into. But the best story is this, and it, was, it came, up, came from Keith Richards' um, autobiography, Life. And Keith Richards is with Mick. They're in Amsterdam in 84, and the Beatles, and Beatles, Stones might break up. 
Jagger's intoxicated and he phones Charlie Watts' hotel room. Charlie gets to bed early, he's sleeping, and he screams drunkenly, where's my drummer? And Keith Richards, the sane one in this whole thing, just hangs up the phone. So here's what happened. 20 minutes later, Watts knocks on the door. But he had gotten up, he had shaved, he dressed in a suit, he put on a tie, and was wearing freshly shined shoes. Descended the stairs, knocked on the door. When the door opened, he punched Mick Jagger in the face, saying, don't you ever call me your drummer again. You're my bleeping singer. That's Charlie Watts. Anyways, I wanted to share that. So we'll take a break and we'll come back with more Saturday Suckage. We do that? Is this time where we've gone right past the stop sign? Have we blown right past everything, Trash Panda? Uh, well, no, actually. You're breaking no? early. This is a oh. shocking moment. Like, I did wow. not expect you to break now. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I just thought I just thought we had already gotten through this. So I have one more Yes, please. More story from I mean, we can break Charlie if you want. Watts. That's fine. I just like this is, it was shockingly early for you. Usually, you usually keep going for a little yeah, while. I know, usually you're yelling at me. Yes, so, exactly. So, the story is this is just I love Charlie Watts. Um, the the Voodoo Lounge door. There's a hospitality room. Keith Richards's dad started getting into the champagne. Whereupon Charlie Watts turns to him and says, you want to go easy on that stuff, mate. You don't want to end up looking like your son. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Let's take a break. Let's let's do Wagner. I want to explore your man crush on Jay Cutler because I want you to tell us some things about that. We'll do okay. That. I'm done. We'll just see how this goes. And also, or we can do Wagner later on because I do, now that Yasmani Grandal has entered the chat, um, I had, I had a song, a parody song. I had a song that the Parkins and Spiegel show should rework, and I think they could and they should, and it's sitting right there for them. And I know they're waiting for me to suggest this to them. Well, so and we've also got Yasmani Grandal talking about getting tossed from a minor league game, which is uh, just well, old. we're we're going to be all Yaz all the time. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Trash Panda, Chicago Sports Radio. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. What are you doing, Wagner? Wagner, my guy Hawk Harrelson there, our Wagner segment. And it's, it's all over the place. What are you doing? And the first thing that we are doing is... You know, Yasmani, Yasmani Grandal, as they say, has entered the chat. Also entering the text line was this. I can't get away from this. I don't want to miss this. 708 texter. Love how Trash Panda dropped in the I was running this morning quote. You tell her how much you bench press too? LOL. <laughs> there you go. I all right. First of all, let me explain. Like I wasn't trying to brag when I mentioned that I was running. I didn't mention how far I ran. I don't think that mentioned like running's a pretty common thing. I'm not. I wasn't. I didn't mention at all how far I ran, what time I did it in, 
All I mentioned was that I listened to the album while I was running. So I was providing context to me listening to their album. So you know what, Texter? Like, yeah, I don't know if you were jesting or what. But, like, I was just providing context for how I was listening to the album that morning, which I thought was a cool thing to say to her. So, and whatever. Did, did, you, did you also say, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal? Did you tell her that, too? No. No. Well, I'm, especially back then, that. I wasn't a big deal. No one knew who I was. Are you now? Did no, I miss I'm still something? not. <laughs> okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm still not a big deal. But especially back then, I was definitely not a big deal. All right. Uh... Yes, Monty Grandal, um, two, two, three run homers, eight RBIs. That's quite the welcome back. That's a, somebody had said, and I'm sorry I can't attribute it to the right person. Somebody had researched it. It's the first time somebody's come back from more than a month of, of being away on injury and driven in eight runs since they started keeping RBIs in 1920. So that's pretty good. All right. The you know what? Me, I actually was shocked to learn that that's not his career high for RBI in a single game. He had another, I have to look it up again, but he has another game where he had eight RBI. Well, so it ties his career high. Yeah, so, so eight that is that, his career yeah, high. I think that's what it was. I had to read the stat again or go back and find the stat again. But yeah, it, either, regardless, last night either tied or was not quite his career high for RBI in a single game. All right, well, so for those of you who are down on the Cubs, at least they outscored Yasmani Grandal. And, and Good job. Part, part of the story was that <laughs> earlier in the week, he got kicked out of a game in Charlotte. And he was asked about it in the wake of last night's victory, 17-13 victory over the Cubs. It goes back to Tuesday. Um you know, they had the umpires just had a really bad game. Um, after the game, as they're walking down the tunnel, I just let them know. I said, hey, you know, you guys have a really good day today. Um, guy that was at third base, apparently didn't get. He was behind the plate yesterday. I struck out. I turned around, didn't even look at him. And I told myself that, uh, you know, that was a really bad uh a bat, not quite that way, but I didn't even scream it out loud. I just said it under my breath. He thought I was talking to him, and that's why he threw me out. <laughs> I, will, I will add, he went on to say how, like, emphasizing that he wasn't talking to the umpire, and he was talking to himself when he said that was a bad at bat. And he, all, he also explained, like, if I'm not looking at the umpire, and, like, I'm just looking down, I'm definitely not talking to you. You just wanted to throw me out of the game. Right. Well, a lot of times players will talk to umpires without looking at them. That's the way they get away with, with it because you don't publicly, physically show them up. You just stare down and your mouth's moving and you go, you missed that. You missed that by two feet. You're horrible. Your mom dresses you funny. All of the insults you can think of, they keep their, their head down as if they're talking to themselves. The umpire is hearing it. But as soon as you pick your head up and talk to an umpire, that's when they're going to that's when he'll toss you. So that's the trick. And I think the umpire probably thought he was. And maybe he was trying to make a name. I threw Yasmani Grandal out. You know, scare me. So I have this I have a song for, I have this idea for a song that, a tribute song that Parkins and Spiegel should cover for Yasmani Grandal at Carol King's Jazz Man. 
You have no idea who Carol King is. Do you? Do you? Trash Panda? Of course I know who Carol King is. What do you mean, of course? I thought you were just stuck on Paramore. I'm just well, making hey, sure. Well, don't get me wrong. Paramore does occupy quite a bit of my headspace, but I know who Carol King is. All right. She did a song called Jazz Man. So that easily translates to Yaz Man. And the lyrics, most of them just sit there writing for you. Her first line, lift me, won't you lift me above the old routine? And then I want to go like this. Make it nice, hit it clean. Yes, man. When the yes, man's electrifying, a faithless man believes. That's awesome. <laughs> he can swing you into paradise or bring you to your knees. It's a gospel kind of feeling taking over Chicago South Side. A song <laughs> of pure revival and a style that's sanctified. Only you do it as Carol King. Or Matt Spiegel covering, doing a tribute, tributosaurus of Carol King. I like it. So there you go. That's it. Oh, they and need I my advice. They're waiting for my <laughs> I'm gonna advice. Send that, I'm going to send this clip to Tanny. He's going to get to work right away. I think... He will be throwing up, and he might ruin the board doing that. And I so. will I will also note that I know who Carol King is actually primarily probably because of my dad, because my dad's a huge James Taylor fan, and ah. those two kind of go hand in hand. Shooter. Shooter's a James Taylor fan, huh? Oh, yeah, big big time. Shooter is or is not a Carol King fan, and where does your mom's sweet Alice come down on this? I've never actually asked him his thoughts on Carol King. I just... I, I worked my way to Carol King because if you're listening to James Taylor, you're just gonna, she's gonna come up eventually. So I don't, I don't know his thoughts on Carol King. I'm guessing he's a fan? Question mark. Have you seen at all this series? It's an episodic doc on music called "This Is Pop." Have you seen that? This is pop. A, this is pop. I think I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. You should watch it. I, I, it goes, it, it starts with boys to men and it tells a riveting story, stuff I didn't know, but it, it talks about pop music and how it goes back to where Stockholm was the heartbeat of it and goes back before that to where the Brill building, which is where Carol King wrote with Jerry Goffin and you had... That was that was the song factory, and that's where she would she was told, "Sorry, you don't look good enough. You're, you'll never make it as a as a performer. You can only write songs." And then she turned out Tapestry, and and that was it. And she turned out songs like Jazz Man, and and she was just she's magnificent. And you can see the story told in in the play Beautiful, which was just great. So, anyways, that was the the I recommend. This is pop. I found it riveting it's all about pop music in in ways you didn't imagine you didn't at least i didn't see but i love the history and, and um carol king's one of her songs is featured there along with neil sadaka that's really taking you back that's quite a thing um part of wagner involves your man crush on jay cutler that's how the segment was born in fact right Isn't <laughs> yeah. It, yeah that's how it came to be because i was talking about jay cutler and, and yeah Right. And, and it's chickens. Jay Cutler and his chickens. <laughs> yes. So you have Jay Cutler news to share. We did not want, we did not, I did not want this opportunity to pass without sharing Jay Cutler news. Well, for those of the, those 
who do not know, Jay Cuddy, as some call him, has, has a new podcast. Has, he's yeah. got a new podcast. And I'm totally blanking on the name of the podcast right now. So hold on. This is, I got it. I got this. Uh, outsider, uh, uh, that's not right. Hold on, hold on. Uh, it doesn't matter. And he's got a new podcast, but apparently he was talking on the podcast, one of the first episodes this past week, about how hard it's been to find love and to find connections since his breakup with Kristen Cavallari, that, which we also extensively talked about on this very show in the last year. So I, I guess it's tough out there for... A, uh, I don't know how old he is now, late 30s probably, right? That sounds right. Late yeah. 30s, uh, former football, rich football player, I guess. Stuff, I mean, I, I do understand that, though, because, like, you get to that age and, like, you know, is Jay Cutler really going to be on dating apps? Probably not. Most of, most of the people you know are probably already together with somebody. So is it, that's a tough age to find someone. So I do understand his, his plight there. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure it's hard. It's hard for a cutty out there, as the song was, as the tribute song would go. So he lost an Uber Eats commercial too, for his uh, stance on <clears throat> on masking and and school boards and things uh, like that. Yeah, so, not so, not one of his finer thoughts, but you know. Eh, yeah, I guess that. Well, but there's some other Life there's some some other your man crush also had this this started actually about a month ago you haven't been with us for it seems like forever so you were just so thrilled that you can buy Jay Cutler's meats right yeah that's right that well that was part of the Uber Eats thing right because that that's how like wasn't it isn't that part of how I, it was getting I remember delivered? it being part of the 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 Meat box. He launched yeah. a meat he wants subscription. A, a meat box. Yeah, which is just hysterical. I mean, because that's how he's just occupying his time. Apparently, he's creating meat boxes for people to order, which is just outstanding. Because I'm picturing Jay Cutler out in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, on his farm with his chickens and his cats, just packing up various meats for people to have delivered and in, in chow down on. It, they've launched cuts. C U T S. Of course, it's a monthly subscription. It's a box full of American meat. That's what it is. He's partnered with butcher Pat Lafrida, and that's what they've launched. And you were, they, they were, this this the GQ part of this was Jay Cutler's, the Q&A that went on, and his list of, of what, what he would eat, what he would take, the Desert Island test. Right? Wasn't that it? The Desert Island question, what he would take? And what yeah, foods? Oh, yeah, the, the beer. Yeah, the foods. Yes, I remember sending this to you like over a month ago. Right. So I'm reminding you because he was, he, his five desert island foods, the first yes. thing he says, would tacos count? And the, the writer said, yeah, tacos count. So he would take tacos, <clears throat> New Glarus spotted cow. He would take grapefruit. He thinks he'd need to have vegetables, so he'd take green beans and brownies with peanut butter infused in them already those that's, that's a solid his, list right there yeah so yeah. all right are we gonna make our own list now no i'm not doing that i don't need Why to not? i don't i would it'd be okay i would take steak that's steak uh, i would take steak. bacon 
bacon yeah. and beer. I think, and those are those are all my five choices. <laughs> two different kinds go. of bacon, three different kinds of beer. No, no, no. Two different kinds of bacon, two different kinds of beer, and whiskey. There we go. But once you got past, once you had smoked bacon, is there really another kind of bacon? Once it's smoked, that's it. Game's over. I don't know if I've like, ever had smoked bacon. I've had. Oh my god! I've had very different kinds of. Go to my, go to my Trader of, Joe's and get it. Smoke apple with smoked you, bacon. I don't know where oh, your Trader Joe's is at. They're all the same. They all sell the oh, same okay. bacon. The smoked bacon. Anything that's smoked. I mean, any kind of meat that's smoked beats everything else. That's the way to do it. That's um, actually a pretty accurate statement. Unlike because most if you're of the smoking you a brisket. I grew up my for for every Passover or actually every Jewish holiday. It was it was why I'm a lapsed Jew. I think there are these scars, emotional and and food scars that I have because my mom would make a brisket, and I think it was a rule they had to put it in some kind of tomato sauce with Lipton onion dressing and uh, and chicken broth or beef broth, and they drown the thing and it would become all stringy and it would be the most horrible thing ever and for decades i would leave the, i would leave the room whenever she did that and i would never go near brisket and then on a trip to memphis i had smoked brisket and i was in love we got engaged we're going to be married I, I it's a whole new world anything that smoked wins Smoked meat wins. That's the way it works. So, smoked bacon is the thing. That's the way to go. And now we got. I'm glad we got your man crush stuff. Thank you. <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> Thank you. Although I will say, I I want to publicly get this out there. Like my stance on Jay Cutler as as my man crush is is taking a few steps back since uh, since his thoughts on masks and vaccines and all that have have come out. It's it's extremely disappointing to see in here. So it's it's the bit is not as fun for me anymore. No, no it's not. It's, it's just not because no, that's no, that's real life. That's being actively yeah, stupid. It is. It's, it is. Yes, it's actively stupid and ignorant. And it's just really disappointing to see, although yeah. not overly shocking, I guess. No, no, not overly shocking at all. I just say don't care. All right, go away. But at least he's not drinking ivermectin that we know of. So he's not drinking the horse and cow dewormer. Oh my like, god! Like some of the idiots are. I won't in put Oklahoma these, I won't and, put this this <clears throat> uh, this vaccine that's been approved by how many people and yeah. taken by millions of people and has had no adverse side effects that 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 we can reasonably tell. And but yet, you know what? I'm gonna take take this cow dewormer because that's gonna help. Like, I mean, yeah. what at what point does your logic lead you to that? Like, I. Ugh. I I don't know. I I don't have any sympathy for the stupid. Um, I just think it's it's a good way to call the herd, even if the herd are calling themselves. So, if I said Nandy Bushnell, would you Nandy Bushell? Would you know who I'm talking about? No, I have no idea what words you just said. Okay, Nandy Bushell is 11 years old. She issued a, she went viral with her drumming, issued a challenge to her hero, Dave Grohl. And this week when they played the forum, she played on stage with the Foo Fighters and she played Everlong. 
and all I, I will I can't go any farther than that. I will never do it justice. She is an absolute prodigy who rocks, and you need to go find the the video of Nandi N A N D I Bushell B U S H E L L. That's impressive. Playing with the Foo Fighters, and she soaks up every bit of it, and she's taken no prisoners on the drum set. That's you know what Everlong is not an easy song to play because of the the tempo is so upbeat, mm-hmm. and there's a lot going on with your hands. I, I, I've played this on before on drums. It's exhausting. So good for her. That's As an 11-year-old, I couldn't have done it. That's extremely impressive. Well, she does. You should go watch that. The uh, And this leftover from the Olympics, Ryan Krauser, the world record holder for the shot put, talks about what it takes to do his event. Take a bowling ball, go to a basketball gym, stand on the free throw line, and try to make a three-quarter court shot. If you make it, congratulations. You're almost good enough to medal. That's what it's all about. That's great. Yeah. All right, there's the music. Trash Panda, it's been great. Thank you for doing Thanks all so. that you do, for filling in, for co-hosting, for making Saturday Suckage what it is. You can take that any way you want it. Thank everybody for listening, texting, and all that you do in America, and all that you do for Chicago, and all that you do as citizens of the world. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.